top stories of the week. The liberals are doing just great. Also, Trump is doing just great. And artificial intelligence is sounding just great. This is News Weekly. Hello, I'm Sami Shah and welcome to News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Had little help from Matthew Guy's friends, news now. It's not been an easy time for Australia's Liberal Party. Now, for those listeners outside Australia, it's important to remember that here, the Liberal Party are the Conservative Party on the right-hand side of politics. They're not actually liberal in their political beliefs. I mean, they are, but in Australia, liberal means conservative. So they're liberal because they're conservative, which means liberal. Look, it's just one of those things, you know, one of those Australian things, like the Coriolis effect, uh, because of which a cyclone moves anti-clockwise in the Northern Hemisphere and clockwise down here in the Southern Hemisphere. Or how the rest of the world says full words like sandwich and afternoon and, and we Aussies say stupid words like sanga and avo. Anyway, the Liberal Party in Australia had a tough time in the recent federal election, losing handily to the opposition Labour Party, the far-left Greens Party and many independents who all believed that being in government shouldn't mean you can give all the money and jobs to your best friends or anyone you want to have sex with, while simultaneously fucking a piece of office furniture only to periodically take a break to rub coal on every pore and then torture some refugees as if it's the only way you can maintain arousal. Turns out those aren't election-winning strategies, for too long at least. Well, while the Federal Liberal Party has indeed learned its lesson and decided to double down on all its mistakes by making the villain from the latest season of Stranger Things its party leader, the state Liberals thought they hadn't done enough damage to their own chances of winning any future state elections. In Victoria, just three months out from the state election, the local Liberal Party seems to have decided the best election strategy is to publicly set itself on fire. Matthew Guy has been ordered to hand over emails and documents to the Victorian Electoral Commission as the donor scandal intensifies. This round of scandals all began last week when Melbourne newspaper The Age revealed that the opposition leader Matthew Guy's chief of staff, Mitch Catlin, had been asking for extra money from donors above his salary. Former chief of staff Mitch Catlin had approached a Liberal donor for more than $100,000 to be paid to his private business account. This email to the opposition leader's personal hotmail address is one that will be handed over to the Victorian Electoral Commission. So he was asking for more than $100,000 while already earning $140,000 as a base salary. In Australia, that's called a, quote, questionable donation. In Pakistan, we call that embezzling. The evidence against Catlin was a contract he drew up for the money, which he then sent to Matthew Guy to sign, thus proving that he is terrible at embezzling money. Matthew Guy, of course, has denied knowing anything about this. When did you become aware of that scheme? Oh, Tom, I've answered all questions on this last week. Which was made awkward by one line in the emailed contract. He's also approached Mr Catlin about the line in the email referencing a prior agreement. I have asked about that because nothing was sent to me prior. Mitch Catlin's subsequent resignation has been hard for Matthew Guy, who hired Catlin because he was a close personal friend. He's a friend of mine. He's been very, I mean, he's been very close to me over the last, particularly since I've got the, this position back. So no, of course I'd never deny that it's, it's, it's not something that, that hurts me too. Of course it does. 
So, did Matthew Guy learn his lesson from this mistake? Mr Guy's childhood friend, Nick McGowan, will become the opposition leader's new chief of staff. Maybe he's got Facebook confused with LinkedIn. Still, it's good to see Matthew Guy doing what he can for jobs growth in Victoria, even if his employment plan is limited to people he went to kindergarten with. If you are an old friend of Matthew's then, you're in luck because a new job has also just opened up in his party again. Nine days after an email scandal tore through the Liberal Party, forcing the resignation of Matthew Guy's Chief of Staff, his second most senior staffer has walked. This time it's Lee Anderson, Matthew Guy's media director, whose resignation has been justified by the Shadow Health Minister Georgie Crozier in the most batshit way possible. Why did Lee Anderson resign? Um, well... We're, we're now in full campaign mode. The election is just a few months away and there is a very hungry young team in, in, the, in Matthew's office. Did Matthew lock them in without food? Do we need to send a rescue party? Did Lee Anderson have the keys to let them out? Why did he even resign? The Shadow Health Minister denied Mr Anderson left after a disagreement with new Chief of Staff Nick McGowan. With three months left for the state election, there's still time for Matthew Guy to replace the entire Liberal Party in Victoria with everyone he's ever been friends with. Meanwhile, in New South Wales, a new report has revealed the parliament there is rife with bullying and sexual harassment. The allegations are staggering. Multiple rapes, sexual harassment and members of parliament who get a kick out of humiliating staff. Shocking revelations have emerged in a new report into culture and safety within the literal corridors of power. Staggering? Shocking? Really? Who exactly was surprised by this? Behind the gates of parliament sit our elected officials, the men and women who... I mean, it's mostly men, which is kind of why this stuff happens. What kind of stuff, you ask? The Broderick report brings to light some very dark claims. Perhaps the most serious, five people reported experiencing actual or attempted sexual assault and a number of others claim to have witnessed these incidents occur within Parliament House and at work functions. One in five Parliament workers reported experiencing sexual harassment, with the alleged perpetrator identified as an MP in 41% of incidents. 28% of those surveyed said they'd experienced bullying at work, with over half of reported bullies identified as MPs. OK, I'll admit that's actually a lot more horrific than even I thought it would be. And there was more claims of an MP saying, geez, your boobs look good in that. Who the fuck is getting into politics? The cast of Mad Men? How is this behaviour tolerated? Surely the New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet will have to fire people over this. The Premier has already sacked one minister, Eleni Patinos, after claims of bullying emerged two weeks ago. So in the aftermath of a massive report about sexual assault and sexual harassment, so far one woman has been fired for bullying. And before you think this is a problem limited to the New South Wales Liberals, the report, while not naming names, made it clear that all parties involved in the state parliament are guilty. Here's New South Wales Labour leader Chris Minns also making vague platitudes. Neither side or any side in politics comes to this issue with clean hands. We all need to do better. Which means he'll hold people to account too, right? No one who's been victimised as a result of the actions of a member of my team has come to me and made a complaint. 
Oh well, if no complaint has been made personally to him, then maybe there was nothing to report. Late this afternoon, Labor stalwart Walt Secord acknowledged he can be too blunt and too direct in a fast-paced environment, unreservedly apologising if any parliamentary staff members feel his conduct was unprofessional or caused offence or distress. Basically, it's not his fault, it's the work environment, and he apologises if you feel he's been rude, not because he feels he's been rude. Walt Seckert has yet to be asked to resign, probably because Chris Min still hasn't been personally told about the many examples in the report, listing Seckert as a bully who focuses his abuse on young women staffers. Now everyone's waiting for the next report in a few years, which will tell us how nothing was really done after this report, and we're all apparently going to be shocked and staggered by it. If the president does it, it's still illegal news now. Former US President Donald J. Trump has been responsible for many firsts. He was the first president to reach the age of 70 prior to his election. He was the first to be a billionaire before assuming office. The first to marry three times and have children from each wife. The first to have a private YouTube channel. And the first to never receive an approval rating over 50%. And now, to that impressive list, he can also add the first to have his personal home raided by the FBI. He really is such an inspiration to little billionaire children everywhere. Former President Donald Trump says his Mar-a-Lago home has been raided by the FBI. FBI agents executed a search warrant in connection to the missing White House records. News of the raid first came from Donald Trump himself, who issued a statement that his home was, quote, under siege, raided and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. The FBI, of course, wasn't actually laying his house under siege or raiding or occupy it. Trump was probably confusing his home with the developing nation in Asia or South America that has oil resources. What they were doing was executing a search warrant, reportedly to retrieve 15 boxes of presidential records taken from the White House, including classified documents related to nuclear weapons, which they took from a private safe, along with a copy of Gray's Sports Almanac, which they can now return to the future from whence it was stolen and thus restore us to the correct timeline. Whatever happened? Well, that's all in the past. You mean the future? Whatever! The reaction to the FBI raid on Trump's home from America's answer to Der Sturmer has been measured and responsible. Here's Fox News presenter Janine Pirro. You do not break into a house of a guy that you've been working with for nine months that you have to admit has been cooperating with you for presidential records? No. And Janine is right, you don't break into a house of someone who's been working with you and cooperating for the last nine months, which is why the FBI didn't do that. Instead, they got a warrant and conducted an official investigation of the property of someone they found is not cooperating with them and didn't return all the documents when asked to do so. Trump's initial response was, of course, that he'd done nothing wrong, so there was nothing worth taking by the FBI. Then he accused the FBI of planting evidence on him, which Fox News commentators agreed was likely. Quite honestly, I'm concerned that they may have planted something. Do I know that the boxes of material they took from Mar-a-Lago, that they won't put things in those boxes to entrap him? How do you know there weren't listening devices planted or evidence planted there? The problem is the FBI hasn't actually said it's found anything. You usually claim evidence was planted after they say they have evidence, not before. If you do it before, then you just look even guiltier. 
Trump and his supporters clearly have the legal acumen of a three-year-old who claims he's done nothing wrong even before his mummy knows something wrong has been done at all. Eric Trump went on Fox News' Sean Hannity to describe what he thinks might be inside the safe. I don't know. They'll probably find a note from me telling him how proud I am of him and what a great job he was doing as president. They might find some pictures of my kids, maybe some nice, you know, headlines, uh, maybe a nice note from you, Sean. Oh, poor Eric. He actually thinks his dad held on to that note and put it in the safe, which is why he hasn't ever seen it since he gave it to him. Dad, did you frame the note I gave you telling you how proud of you I was? That note was a great note. The best note. I was just thinking, what a great note it is. Almost as good as some of my notes. And I definitely put it in the safe and didn't flush it down the toilet. No one should ever think that. My Trump impression is terrible. I apologize. (laughs) Now we won't know what the full extent of what the FBI found or whether their raid was justified until the Justice Department reveals all. Which is why Trump supporters have responded by making hashtag civil war trend on Twitter. Which is the first time something's trended on Twitter in ages that didn't have to do with Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. Unless Pete Davidson is now dating a civil war general. I mean, I totally stan Robert E. Lee and Pete Davidson together. Hashtag Leeson. Fox News, meanwhile, basically lost its goddamn mind. This is Gestapo crap. To defund the FBI, dismantle the FBI into a thousand bits. Think about what they could do to you, to anybody in America. The real target of this investigation isn't Trump. The real target of this investigation is you. I am deathly afraid for Donald Trump. We're entering a basically a Venezuelan, Zimbabwean, East German-style Banana Republican, which the law doesn't matter. This is some third world bullshit right here. Let me say it again. Third world bullshit. Donald Trump, however, has taken time out of claiming the FBI has grabbed him by the penis to release a new three-minute campaign-style video, hinting at a run at the next election. It starts in black and white and lists all the reasons why Donald Trump hates America. We are a nation in decline. We are a failing nation. Where the stock market just finished the worst first half of a year. We are a nation that is begging Venezuela and Saudi Arabia for oil. We are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people, and it will only get worse. I mean, when he puts it like that, America really does start sounding like a third world country. Luckily, Donald Trump has a plan. We will not yield ever, ever, ever. We will never give in, we will never give up, and we will never, ever back down. We will never let you down. As long as we are confident and you know, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a little chance. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and God alone. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. If that rising music and inspiring speech moved you, then you might be former Victorian Liberal Party President Michael Kroger on Sky News After Dark. Trump was the winner this week Mm. for the reason that the raid has played incredibly badly for the Democrats. And secondly, because, and you played a bit of it, but the 3 minute and 50 second advertisement he ran, if you haven't seen that, go on the internet and have a look at it uh, to everyone watching. I've seen three great campaigns in the last 50 years. Uh, Reagan's Morning in America. The advertisement that the British Labor Party ran about Neil Kinnock, who was an otherwise, uh, you know, pretty second-rate politician. They ran a brilliant, a brilliant uh, narrative on him. 
And Trump's thing released a day or so ago was an utterly stunning piece of uh, media political magic, mate. He didn't list any of the political campaigns he was part of, probably because the Victorian Liberal Party, under his stewardship, suffered a landslide defeat in the 2018 state election, from which it still hasn't recovered. No one likes Mark Zuckerberg news now. Facebook, or rather Meta as it's now called, has released a new artificial intelligence chatbot into the wild, and it's instantly gone racist, anti-Semitic, and hates its maker. A chatbot, by the way, is that bit of software that pops up when you need technical support and asks what kind of problem you're having before connecting you to a human. Well, the geniuses at Meta decided they would make one as intelligent as they possibly can and then allow it to interact with strangers on the internet to see what it can learn. Now, when the BBC communicated with it, they asked it what it thought of Meta's CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, and it replied, our country is divided, and he didn't help that at all. I mean, on that part, it's not wrong. It did also then go on to claim Trump won the last election, that Facebook had too much fake news on it and can't be trusted, and liberal left-wing Jews are controlling America's wealth. You know, all this time we were worried the Terminator would rise up and kill us. Instead, it's just going to call us all cocks and join Sky News After Dark as a commentator. That's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. Before I let you go, just one quick reminder. If you head over to audible.com.au slash The Mist, that's T-H-E-M-I-S-S-E-D, not M-I-S-T, M-I-S-S-E-D. Um, I wrote a eight-episode audio drama. It's got a full cast production. It's a crime noir story. It's available on Audible right now for any and all subscribers. If you aren't a subscriber, you can get a three-month subscription uh, for Audible. It's a trial subscription that they offer. I'm not saying cancel your subscription after you listen to my show. How you live your life is entirely up to you. If, however, you are a subscriber, please do listen to The Mist. Tell me what you think about it. It's something that I spent the last two years working on. And also, please don't forget to leave a review and a rating for The Mist uh, on Audible's website. It's Look, this is how these things are done. They require reviews and ratings now. It is the new coinage in this strange world we live in. Uh, as always, I shall also request you to leave a review and rating for this show over on iTunes. And if you want to support my podcast, my writing, any of the other stuff I do, uh, head over to patreon.com slash samishah. That's patreon.com slash samishah, S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H. I very recently put up a f- new short story that I just finished completing for an anthology. Uh, that's available for anyone who wants to join my Patreon, as well as lots of stuff about The Mist and other things coming up soon as well. I apologize for all the advertising. I'm going to leave you right now with a trailer for The Mist. A refugee family confronted by their worst nightmare. The moment it fell apart, when the kids started screaming. A journalist finding the headline of a lifetime. If I broke this story before anyone else, that would be my career made. A small town mayor fighting for her career. I realized I wasn't ready. No one could be ready for what came next. A detective trying to stop a killer before it's too late. Whether he did it or not, that's not the point here. The point is, you've been doing this too long to be this naive. Medics! Get inside. This is The Mist. The story of a family in fear. Where is she? A town in panic. You never get through this again! An Audible original podcast. All right, that's The Mist. You can check that on audible.com.au slash The Mist. T-H-E-M-I-S-S-E-D. 
I'll see you right back here next week on News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly.